You're listening to the Meeting Midway Podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Amanda Lane. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real-world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. Now, let's meet Midway. some old faces and some new faces this morning. Let's praise our awesome God together. All right, this is a we sing it, you sing it kind of thing. So just repeat after Miss Jane. And you are holy. You are holy. And you are mighty. You are mighty. And you are worthy. You are worthy. Worthy of Methodist Church. I'm Amanda Lane, one of the pastors here. It's my pleasure to welcome you this morning. I just want to start us out with a scripture. This uh, seems applicable to our new year. This is from Isaiah 43, beginning in uh, verse 15. It says, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus says the Lord who makes a way 
in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings out chariots and horse, army and warrior. They lay down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. We are excited for a new year and that God will be doing a new thing in all of us. Let's continue our worship this morning. Go, go, tell it on the mountain. Over 
Happy New Year and welcome to Worship at Midway. I'm Scott and I'm the Director of Media and Facilities. We have many wonderful things going on, but I just wanted to highlight a few of those in this announcement. While you're listening, scan this QR code and you'll be taken to the What's Happening page where you can find today's announcements and more opportunities to get involved here at the church. While you're there, please register your attendance and share any prayer requests with us. Preschool registration for church members starts on January 7th from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. in the preschool office. If you have any questions, you can contact them directly at preschool at midwayumc.org. Our confirmation class is forming now. Open to 6th graders, the classes start on January 7th, and the deadline to register is also on the 7th. There is a $50 fee to help cover supplies for the retreat and for the classes. To register or for more information, you can visit midwayumc.org backslash confirmation. We've received a number of commitment sheets already. Thank you to all of those who've made their commitment of prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness for 2024. If you've not yet turned in your commitment sheet, you can pick one up in the Welcome Center and place it in an offering plate, mail it to the church, or email it to the office at office at midwayumc.org. Lastly, today after the service, we're having a welcome reception for our new executive pastor, Reverend Jason Zimke, and his family. We hope that you'll plan to stay. I know that they would love to meet you. Remember, all this information can be found on the What's Happening page which you can access by scanning the QR code in the bulletin. Now, let's continue to worship. It's my pleasure to invite our children forward now for our children's sermon with Miss Tiffany. Good morning, friends. How are you guys this morning? Good. Did everyone have a great Christmas? Good. Well, guess what? What does tomorrow start? No, today is New Year's Eve. Tomorrow starts a new year. So here we are today, December 2023, and then tomorrow we're right here, January 1st of 2024. Does, do you guys know there's something that people do going into the new year that a lot of adults do? It's like a promise to themselves. Does anyone know what that's called? It's called a New Year's resolution. 
And that's like a promise to yourself to do something better in the coming year. So I'll tell you guys a couple things that might be a New Year's resolution as a kid. So maybe it's listening to your parents better. Maybe it's cleaning up your room without being asked. Maybe it's being nicer to your brothers or sisters. Maybe it's watching less TV or playing less video games. So there's lots of different things that could be New Year's resolutions. And sometimes people don't take New Year's resolutions very seriously because it's just a promise to themselves. But should we take all promises seriously? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you about a time that there was a promise in the Bible that the Bible talks about. There was a man named, named Simeon, and he was very, very old. And God had promised him that he was going to see the Messiah before he died, that he was going to see the Savior um, of the world before he died. And a few days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple to have him, um, to have him dedicated to God. And Simeon was there. And he was at the temple. And when he saw baby Jesus, he was so excited because guess what? God had kept his promise, hasn't, hadn't he? And you know what Simeon said? He said, Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. So he knew, okay, I got, God fulfilled his promise and I can go ahead and die and go to heaven now. And there was also a prophet there named Anna. And when she heard, um, at when she heard Simeon talking about baby Jesus being the Messiah, she was so excited and started praising God and thanking God. And she went and told everybody that she could about Jesus being born and the Messiah being born. So God kept his promise in that story. Do you think we should keep our promises too? Yeah, I think so. Even if it's just a promise to yourself, should you still keep it? I think so. I think that's a good practice. So can we pray that God helps us to keep our promises in this upcoming year like he kept his promise that he was going to send the Messiah, he was going to send Jesus? Okay. All right. Everyone will put your hands together, bow your heads and close your eyes. I'll say it and you say it, okay? Say, dear God, we love you. Thank you for your birth. And thank you for keeping your promises. Help me to keep my promise in the new year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys can head back to your parents or to the door to go downstairs for Children's Church. We now have an opportunity to worship God with our tithes and our offerings. As always, when you give to God, you are giving to the ministry of the church as we live it out here uh, at Midway and throughout the coming and Alpharetta area. Thank you so much for your generosity. Let's worship God with our tithes and our offerings.
Let's pray. Almighty God, we come before you. We come to you this morning to worship and to praise and to adore you. God, at times we realize that we have not done those things. God, at times we realize we've turned away from you, seeking our own way, making promises to to others. God, we ask for your forgiveness wherever we may be. God, help us to turn back to you and to continue walking in your way and your light. God, this morning, we just thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are able to celebrate together with friends, with families, with loved ones, and recognize that you gave the greatest gift of all. And God, I pray this morning that we would continue to live as people who have received this gift. God, that we would continue to seek out your way, seek out your will. God, that we would continue to live as people excited, anticipating what is to come in your kingdom. Lord, we know that all is not right, that this world is still broken. There are hurts, grief, loneliness, depression, anxiety, illnesses, losses of jobs. Got so many things that that hurt our souls. And God, we pray that you would be with us in the highs and in the lows of our life. And God, even more so, would you use us to be with others? Let us be the the face of you to others as they navigate the difficult places in life. God, we thank you that you allow us to step in and to work with you, to partner with you in serving this community and the world. And God, I pray that we would continue to seek ways that we might honor and glorify you. God, that we might seek ways to bring your kingdom a little closer. And now, God, we join together in one voice and we pray the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's great to see you all here as 
Uh, we're on the brink of this new year, but I would remind you that we are still in the season of Christmas. I know most folks have already stored their Christmas decorations away for the year, but in the church, we continue to celebrate Jesus' birth. Uh, we call it Christmas Tide, and it begins on Christmas Eve and lasts for 12 days until Epiphany. Um, so our lesson on this, the first Sunday of Christmas, comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the second chapter, beginning with the 22nd verse and continuing through the 40th. Hear now God's word to us this day. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we turn the page on a new year, many of you have probably come up with some good New Year's resolutions. Most often these have to do with lifestyle of exercising or eating better or working 
less or spending less or spending more time with those we love. Uh, Did you know, though, that of those who make resolutions, 23% of them will give up within the first week. And 43% will quit by the end of January. That's why when you go to the gym tomorrow, you won't be able to find a parking space, but just wait till the end of the week and you won't be fighting over any treadmills. The transition into a new year is often depicted with a familiar image. The past year is depicted as old father time and the new year as a baby. I saw a cartoon where Father Time was saying to baby New Year, you know, not everyone who is old is a boomer, to which the baby said, okay, boomer. (laughs) Old Father Time and baby New Year is a visual that corresponds well to Luke's account of Simeon coming face to face with the baby Jesus in the temple. Simeon is not the only person in the temple that day. The prophetess Anna is there too. You see, true to form, Luke balances out the male character with that of a female, both of whom, by all accounts, are very faithful. There in the temple, they each encounter a baby whose life is going to change the future of the world a child who is going to bring not only great joy to the world and to his parents, but also cause heartache for his mother due to the sacrifice of his life. Simeon is described by Luke as a devout and holy man who lived in Jerusalem and one upon whom the Holy Spirit rested. Now that's a nice description, isn't it? Who of us wouldn't want to be described in such a way, to to be holy and righteous and devout and identified as one who's under the influence of the Spirit? That's the Spirit, not the Spirit's, mind you, and remember that tonight. Beyond this description, though, Luke doesn't give us much background on Simeon. He doesn't tell us his station, his life, his occupation, his ancestry, or his age. In contrast, Luke, in short order, tells us quite a bit about Anna. He informs us as to who her father is, her tribe, that she was widowed after only seven years of marriage and is now 84 years old. Anna spends all her days as well as her nights at the temple worshiping God and fasting and praying. Though we don't know Simeon's age, we assume that he is old like Anna, probably having reached an age well beyond the life expectancy of his time. As the poet T.S. Eliot described him, one who has 80 years and no tomorrow. Even though Simeon has lived many more years than he has left, he's not one 
to look in the rearview mirror. We often think that older folks spend much of their time reminiscing and ruminating about the past, but that's not the case with Simeon. He wasn't looking back, but he was looking forward, namely to the consolation of Israel. In other words, Simeon lived with hope. He was waiting expectantly to to see God's salvation with his own eyes, for his eyes to meet those of the long-awaited Messiah before he himself died. New England's Patriot coach Bill Belichick has said, to live in the past is to die in the present. To live in the past is to die in the present. That's not Simeon. He wasn't waiting to die, but to see God fulfill the promise of rise, arrival of the Messiah, to see God do a new thing. Anna was in the temple that day because, well, because that's where she always was. If you've been around God's house for long, you would, you would recognize Anna. Anna seemed to live at church. She, you know, she's always here doing something, serving in whatever capacity she can lighting the candles, organizing the storage room, cleaning the kitchen. I know her, and you recognize her. I could call some of Midway's Anna's by name, but I wouldn't want to embarrass them. Simeon was at the temple that day because that's where the Spirit had led him to go. You see, the name Simeon means heard. So not only was Simeon watching for what was on the horizon, he was also always attentive to listening to the direction of God's Spirit. No doubt he too spent a lot of time in in the temple praying and listening for God's voice. He probably also overheard a lot of the prayers of the other worshipers who came to the house of God looking for some connection to the holy, some solace, some answers from God concerning their own futures. Mary and Joseph, they came to the temple that day for their own reasons. Being good Jews, they came in accordance with the law that when their baby was 40 days old, they were to complete the ritual of the purification of the mother and the presentation of their firstborn son to God. Now, the purpose of the ritual of purification was to enable the mother who has been separated from the community of faith due to giving birth to be made ritually clean so that she could return to the worshiping community practicing the rituals of their faith. Now, the sacrifice required for a mother's purification was a lamb and a pigeon, except in cases of hardship when two pigeons or two doves would suffice, which is the sacrifice that Jesus' parents made, which is where we get the idea 
that Mary and Joseph were poor. I picture Simeon there in the temple, his face etched with age and his eyes clouded with cataracts when Mary and Joseph walk in with their six-week-old baby. Upon seeing Jesus, Simeon's eyes brighten and his face lights up, and he rushes to the young couple, and with his weathered hands, he, he takes the baby up into his arms. Simeon then begins to sing to him. That's how verses 29 through 32 are referred to. They're referred to as Simeon's song. Now, he doesn't sing a lullaby for the baby. Rather, he sings a song of worship, one that was probably used in worship before Luke ever put it down in his gospel. The official title of Simeon's song is... I, I'll, I won't be able to say this right because I don't know Latin, but it's not Dimittis. And it's named that because it's for the first two words in Latin that mean dismiss me now. In many Christian communities, Simeon's words are sung as a benediction to Sunday worship or for evening prayers each night. You know, on February 22nd, when we're waiting for Punxsutawney uh, Phil to come out and whether or not to see his shadow. Well, that's when the Catholic Church is singing Simeon's psalm because that is their feast day for the presentation of Christ in the temple. This is how Simeon's song goes. Master, You are now dispensing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The long-awaited Messiah has finally arrived as God has promised Simeon has lived to witness the coming of the one who will bring salvation not only to the Jews, but to all people. Simeon had waited a long time for this day. So long, he had probably grown used to waiting. Most people have, you know, by the time they get as old as Simeon. Some of you elders know what I mean. You wait for someone to drive you somewhere. You wait for someone to come visit you. You wait for the result of medical tests. You wait at the doctor, and you wait at the doctor, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait at the doctor. Jesuit priest William Lynch has observed that there are two kinds of waiting. One kind waits because there's nothing else to do. The other, though, is born out of hope. One could conclude that because Simeon sings, now I can die in peace, that all he's been doing is hanging around waiting to die. 
but nothing could be further from the truth. Simeon has been waiting in expectant hope for God to do something new. Professor Thomas Long says that Simeon did not wait because there was nothing else to do, but because he had hope. Therefore, his waiting was not in a vacuum devoid of activity. He worked and worshipped, performed acts of justice and prayer. While he waited, he defied the darkness by serving God because it was for God that he waited. In other words, while Simeon waited, he performed the rituals of his faith. He prayed. He worshiped, no doubt he gave alms and served God. Likewise, Anna worshiped and prayed and fasted. Surely, too, the two of them acted as some kind of, you know, temple grandparents, welcoming and caring for those who enter God's house. Though advanced in years, Simeon, and Alina were not done serving God. After all, you know there's no such concept of retirement in the Bible, right? Y'all know that. There is always something that needs to be done and someone that needs to do it. Even if our bodies won't cooperate and allow us to do what we used to do, there are certainly things we can still do. We can worship and pray and give, which are some of the most important rituals we can perform for God and our neighbor. In an article in the New York Times, Garrett Kaiser wrote about the writer Samuel Johnson, that English writer. He called him the patron patron saint of resolutions. You see, Johnson was a lifelong resolver, and by his own omission, a lifelong failure at keeping his resolutions. Reading his diaries at New Year, at Easter, and on his birthday, Johnson renews his intentions to rise early, to be more studious, to be more moderate in his intake of food and drink and always laments his neglect of those same intentions in the past year. On his birthday in 1763, Johnson wrote this, I have now spent 55 years in resolving, having from the earliest time that I can remember been forming schemes of a better life. I've done nothing. The need of doing, therefore, is pressing since the time of doing is short. Amid such lament, according to Kaiser, it's easier to miss the one resolution Johnson did keep, though he never wrote it down. If Johnson is known for anything besides his literary accomplishments, it is his charity. Kaiser says Samuel hosted a motley assortment of needy dependents under his own roof, He pressed pennies into the hands of indigent children sleeping on London streets. His almsgiving was so known that he could scarcely leave his lodgings 
without being accosted by beggars. What was the point? A friend once asked him. He said, to enable them to beg on. Johnson's determination to resolve on in spite of his familiar, his failures rather, is a familiar case of two steps backward and you know, one step forward, a halting progress, but progress nonetheless. Johnson, the maker of resolutions, was also a composer of solemn prayers. In fact, almost all of his resolutions were accompanied by at least one prayer, a variously worded phrase that often recurs in these prayers of to rise early, which is most often his favorite one. But the words of the prayer are that God who has permitted me to begin another year. What a gift. The God who has permitted me to begin another year. Religious or not, concludes Kaiser, most of us know the possibility implicit in the mention of another year. I've made it this far. I'm not dead yet. I still have a chance, if only to take better care of those for whom another year means another term of misery. Johnson seems to have never lost sight of that chance. He saw it all around him, sleeping in the streets, collapsed in the mire, and he seized it with compassion. How much happier this new year would be if we all resolved to do the same. My brothers and sisters, Luke tells us this story as another incident in which Jesus' identity of the Messiah's once again confirmed. The two who saw him for who he was did so because they were in the temple. That's where they were. They were in the temple practicing the rituals of their faith. No matter our age, we would do well to follow in their footsteps in the footsteps of the forebearers of our faith by resolving to practice the rituals of our faith in this new year. Chief among these, I would say, is being in God's house, worshiping God among God's people. And this is best done by being physically present in the house of God. Unless, of course, you have physical limitations which prevent you from doing so. But hear this. Hear me when I say this. Worshiping online is no substitute for being in God's house. For it is here in God's holy temple that Simeon and Anna, immersed in the rituals of their faith, witness God doing a new thing, not just in their lives, but in the life of all people. And that is where God may do a new thing 
in your life and in mine in this new year. I'd like for us to join together now in Wesley's covenant prayer for a new year. Let us pray. I give myself completely to you, God. Assign me to my place in your creation. Let me suffer for you. Give me the work you would have me do. Give me many tasks or have me step aside while you call others. Put me forward or humble me. Give me riches or let me live in poverty. I freely give all that I am and all that I have to you. And now, Holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. May this covenant made on earth continue for all eternity. Amen. As the band comes forward, I'd like to uh, mention to you that our worship leader, Lacey, and her husband, Ben, and family uh, all came down with one of the many illnesses going around. And uh, so although we miss them today and pray for their health, I appreciate the band um, and those who jumped in to make the music happen this morning. He became sin, who knew no sin, that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross, love so
to be able to introduce to you the Zimke family, Jason, Hannah, and Kay. And um, they come to us uh, most recently from Sixes United Methodist Church. And prior to that, uh, Jason served at Mount Pisgah United Methodist Church. Uh, Kay is a preschool teacher at Hickory Flat United Methodist Church, but we'll take care of that, and we'll get her up here <laughs> under the roof at Midway. And Hannah uh, is a teacher, a math, seventh grade math teacher in Rome. Um, and also, isn't your mother Cheryl here? Oh, okay. Jason's parents made it. So glad that y'all, y'all could. And also Hannah's uh, friend, Major. So we're glad y'all could all be here. We have a reception immediately following the service um, in the gathering area behind the sanctuary. So I hope you'll stop by to welcome them. Um, They're joining the church today, too. And Amanda, would you like to give the bow? Yes, sure. Since y'all are joining by transfer of membership, we just ask if you will uphold your prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness here at Midway. All right. Welcome to Midway. Now may God go before you to guide you. May God go behind you to direct you. May God go beside you to befriend you. May God rest above you to protect you. May God rest below you to uphold you. And may God dwell within you to comfort you and do a new thing in you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
You've been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.